What's up, good people? Welcome to the Fired Up KC Show. It's your host, Deep Wanganga. And today, we're about to talk about college basketball. Whether you like it or not, you're going to listen. So the guy I'm about to bring on, he is. He, he has a show where he interviews college basketball players, even NBA basketball players. He interviews all kinds of basketball players. So, And he also has a show. His show is called Shoes. And this is it. Please help me make welcome, Mr. Zach Shoemaker. How are you doing, man? Man, I can't complain. How about yourself, man? And doing great. It's, it's great to have you here. Welcome on the show. Welcome on the show. I uh, so appreciate you having me on today. Another another host of my show. So this should be easy for me. It shouldn't be any challenge. I should just relax and have you take over the show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, thank you for coming on the show. Um, so can I give people uh, just a brief bio about who you are, who is Zach, and so they can get to know more about what you do? Yeah, so obviously I know a lot of people know me today as Shoes. Obviously my full name is Zach Shoemaker, but a lot of people call me Shoes and Obviously, people know me. I interview players now. I'm in the basketball world, high school, recruiting, college, NBA even a little bit now. But ultimately, if we go all the way back, I'm from Arizona, grew up out here, and I grew up with a passion of playing basketball. Kind of was born into a, a sports family. My parents didn't play. My mom played basketball a little bit. My dad did a little bit of high school stuff. But ultimately, like there wasn't too much in the sports world. It was more sports fan stuff and all that. But over time, I kind of just fell in love with the game of basketball from the time I was young. Kept playing that thing. Obviously, had the dream of someday – playing in the NBA or playing college basketball or some form of that as a kid. And I knew obviously that at some point basketball was going to end. So I had a back plan of being an NBA GM someday. And that's kind of what I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to do, run an NBA team, been in love with this game of basketball. I've known NBA rosters top to bottom for pretty much my entire life. And then all of a sudden time kept kind of developing over. And by the time I reached middle school, I got pretty sick with a couple of different things and pretty much missed the better part of my seventh, eighth grade and freshman year both basketball and school and I missed a lot of days of school as well and obviously that kind of put me back a little bit but I still was trying to practice still played I've always tried working the best at it and eventually came a point I kept I transferred out from my freshman year to high, another high school in Arizona and I played out my sophomore season and after that year I just kind of said okay I keep getting injured I keep getting sick I'm not 100% healthy yet is this what you really want me doing God and is this really the path that you have set for me and obviously I kind of got this feeling like okay this isn't probably what I'm supposed to be doing right now it's not going as well. I haven't developed the right way. I'm not healthy at all ever. So I kind of decided, okay, what am I going to do? God kind of said, all right, basketball is no longer supposed to be what you're supposed to be playing. I still want you involved in this world. And so that's kind of how I had to learn. And actually right before I took over this media aspect, for whatever reason, I got inspiration to go run a marathon. I did that for a little bit. And then right after that aspect, I kind of just was sitting one night, took a bath and kind of just had this feeling like, okay, I know I want to be a GM someday. I've got, I've been blessed to create connections with a lot of different NBA GMs from about six, seven NBA teams, but that wasn't something you could really do. Obviously, they're not going to hire a, at the time, 17 year old kid to come work in the front office of an NBA team. So really all you can do is create connections. They're not going to start doing that until at the very youngest age of after college. So what do I do for the next five, six years? And so I kind of was led, try the media aspect, try to podcast or something. And at that point, I had no idea what any of this stuff was. I didn't know anything about technology in terms of recording interviews, how to do an interview, what to do on any of this stuff, how to make media posts, none of that. I didn't know how to do any of that. So I learned everything on the fly. I decided to start that up that spring. Actually, my first episode was the day after my birthday that turned 17. Wow. It kind of just grew from there. Like, what am I supposed to do? Each step of the way kind of developed over time and kind of obviously have worked to this point now, two years, about two years later now. Oh, wow. Dang. Um, I, I definitely want to jump into more about, you know, your journey, um, but I really want to talk about the marathon because that, that really stood out to me. Um, how was that for you? What was the preparation for doing that? And what was the mindset behind you saying, I'm going to run a marathon? 
So the mindset aspect, I still really don't know what le- really led to that. Like I guess my family, my mom was a runner a little bit, the younger parts. My dad ran them more at different times, but it wasn't like no one really ran, ran like that at a competition at any degree. So that really was something that I still don't really know how it came up, but just one of those things talking about God again, like for some reason he put that in my heart. I did it for ultimately I ended up signing up. At first I just wanted to start running and try and do that. And eventually I found a way to run and raise money for people to give clean water different places across the country and the world. So that's something I kind of was a backing for. It wasn't necessarily the reason I started originally, but that's kind of what I ended up doing it for. Yeah. And ultimately in terms of preparation. So kind of a weird thing about me it's I haven't for some reason like whatever it is I haven't been someone that's ever had to like do too much to stay in shape like I can get in shape pretty quickly for whatever reason that is it's kind of a blessing but I kind of was going through this process running gradual miles throughout the course of I think I was training for about six months somewhere around that and I started building my way up obviously doing stuff but like I mentioned earlier like I still was sick I still was dealing with the side effects from being sick and stuff like that so I kind of was building my way up, was pretty healthy up until December. I ran the marathon in February, but December 10th or something, I want to say, something around there, I did the longest mar- run at that point in time for training. It was like 10-mile run. I got super sick again after that, knocked me out for about a month and a half. So that put me right about a week into the marathon, and I didn't really run at all for that month and a half. Like I was pretty much like just sick in my bed for whatever. And so obviously at that point, I was kind of like, am I going to run this day or whatnot? Obviously, as I said, I did end up running it, but... Over the next week, I did three runs. I did like a mile run, a two and a half, and a f- about four mile run. And then I obviously went out and did a 20, 26.2 miles. So that was 16 miles more than I ever ran for training. And that was six months ago. So somehow I finished it. I was too young to qualify for Boston Marathon, but I got enough time, about 447, 445 or something I ran for it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that whole process went. And so you finished the marathon, like you completed the marathon, 26 miles. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, I, that's all. Yeah, that's props to you. I, yeah, I run, but mm-hmm. I have never in my mind. I'm like, I'm never thinking of my marathon. It's just, it's too many miles. Oh, uh, but but congrats on doing that. Now, tell us, um, what was your first interview, and how did you even get into talking with basketball players? Yeah, so for me, I kind of had some connections growing up in Arizona. I kind of played against guys like Ty Ty Washington. He obviously is the top ten recruit, five star, going to Kentucky. Will be a one and type player. Ron Holmes, another four four star, high, almost five star ranked player. He's going to day in this year as a freshman. A couple of the guys, like there are some top players, Dalen Terry, a couple of the players in Arizona. But for me, like I had a little bit of connection, knew them to a certain degree, but I really wasn't like friends with them at that point yet. So I started off with this thing. Like I said, I didn't know pretty much anybody. So I just kind of was like, okay, I'm going to start a podcast. We'll figure out how we do this as we continue walking through this whole process. And I decided, okay. I know a lot of people have people on during a podcast. Like it's some, you bring someone on. So the one person I can think of at that point in time was my brother. He's another basketball player. He's developed a lot more from that, from that standpoint. Now he's obviously a guy that's being recruited by division one schools, plays at AZ compass. He obviously just came on there and we didn't really talk like this. It wasn't like a, anything close to what I did. I just listened to it a few days ago, a week ago, maybe now it was pretty bad. It's horrible to be honest. And <laughs> we did have about a three minute debate about who we draft between Zion and RJ Barrett. That was just a discussion we had about three minutes long. It was not very good at all. That's how the first interview went. Obviously, it's grown a lot from that standpoint. I started learning, okay, so actually we do need to talk about other things. I can develop in this aspect and this aspect and put it all together to now where it's obviously just an interview each time I do a podcast or whatever you want to call it I do now. And so that was obviously how it first started, though, with him. Wow. Now, so far, how many people have you interviewed? So how many, how many episodes have you had? 
So right now I'm about right underneath a thousand. So I have about 900 and I believe 87, 88 right now, 89, maybe wow. I have two more today. I'm going to get onto. And so that's going to put it a little bit more, two more um, tomorrow than Monday. So yeah. I'm going to probably hit about a thousand some point in the next week or two, maybe three weeks um, in terms of total players. Cause there are some guys I do multiple interviews with, right? I beat throughout the high school career, then the committing a college one, then did some NBA stuff now. So some guys I might have done two, three times before. So total players of interviewed or people, I should say, I've done coaches and stuff too. I'd be right around, probably say somewhere between 600 and 700 people I've interviewed. But in terms of the total of conducted interviews, right around a thousand, just a little bit underneath it. Wow. That is, that is, that is your Rogan level, like a thousand, man. That's, that's <laughs> consistency and commitment. Now on the back end of things, how on every single week, how many uh, like interviews you do and how many episodes do you publish it every week? That always varies. I think each time of the year is kind of different. Like I've obviously started off just doing high school, never did anything college related. For the most part, I had one family friend, Mitch Lightfoot on KU. He came on like episode six or seven, I believe, of mine when I first started this thing. But overall, it kind of depends what the time frame is. Like you go back to the spring kind of time right after college season was done. Transfer portal was a huge thing. I interviewed many guys doing probably, I was interviewing about two to three guys a day. At that point, I was releasing two to three interviews a day as well. That was really the heavy point during the transfer portal. Right now, a lot of guys are committing. It's getting close to signing period. So I'm doing a lot of Instagram live commitments with players, doing a lot of pre-recorded interviews, which is where guys come on and talk about whatever school they're going to. We do a few days before they actually announce it. Then I go and drop it right after they commit. So really different time spans. Like you go back to July-ish time, there wasn't too much stuff. I did a few NBA stuff leading up to the NBA draft, but that's really like there wasn't too much college news happening, not too much high school stuff happening. So it really just depends what time span is it is. Right now I'm doing about one interview a day at least, getting guys posting about one in a day. So really just de- kind of depends on what time of year we're at. Man, that, that is a lot of content. Just a lot of uh, commitments to having every single day interviews one a day. That's a lot of like hours that you have to put into it. So mm-hmm. with that is saying that like, do you have a full-time job or do you have a job you work with or is this full-time for you? How do you transition in, in between? Yeah, this is full-time. I know a lot of people, I'm not too public about a lot of different stuff I do. And so not a lot of people know it, but I'm only 19 right now. I still am going to college. So I'm doing that. I do college actually online. COVID didn't really impact that at all. Right after I stopped playing basketball my sophomore year, I wanted to go online. And just in the most humble way, I've always been able to kind of get through school. It's been easier for me throughout high school. How to 4.0 GPA, kind of got work done pretty soon. Just kind of always noticed that I'm wasting three, four hours of my day sitting in classrooms, getting the work done beforehand. So kind of was like, I don't want to do that in college. I just want to get it done on my own time. Obviously, COVID kind of made everyone go online for a little bit. I'm still sticking with that. I always wanted to do it. So right now, I spend about 15 minutes a night getting my schoolwork done. Then I'm done for the week pretty much after that. But going through college, get that set through or separated. But besides that, I'm working at least 10 hours a day, I'd say, during, during the content. Rather it be conducting the interview, doing the notes, the research, creating the relationship, setting up the schedule. And then you obviously have editing, publishing it promoting it then you also have the different clips you have to take down and I do different breakdowns and, rec- and kind of scouting different stuff too so really it just takes a lot of different stuff so I'm doing about 10 hours can get up to 14 15 hours even a day of working so that's kind of how I balance my days though wow 10 hours a day working on this project man th- I, I think it's important for people to hear this because that's a lot of commitment to the crap that you do so it's not it's no joke for you this is real life this is you know 100% you're in it you're not Playing with it, it's a vision you're working on. And um, and you're only 19. That means like the future is more than bright, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, on the other end of things, with you interviewing players and basketball players, what would you say are some things you've learned about yourself and also about the players that you've interviewed? For me, I'd say everything has been kind of about learning everything for me in terms of, like I said, I started off kind of obviously I've watched different basketball shows. I've always heard that kind of stuff. It's not like that was new to me, but it's much different, obviously, just watching something than actually doing it. So I had really no idea. I didn't know what Anchor was. That's how I started. Originally, it wasn't video interviews. It was all through Anchor, different just voice interviews on a podcast type thing. Yeah. That's how I really started this off. So I didn't know what Anchor was. I didn't know how to record. I didn't know you needed a microphone. I didn't know what any of this really was. I didn't know how to edit out. I didn't know how to do pretty much anything. That's obviously grown now. I had to learn how to make different clips or how to teach them. I don't really have like a, per se, a mentor. Someone's like helped me during this all. It's kind of been self-learned each and things so I wouldn't say it's like one thing I specifically learned about me obviously it's been relying on God and it's been learning each step kind of self-teaching you every single step of the way in terms of players though I think it's a unique situation because each player has different stories like they're going to see different guys that have all come from different scenarios some have come from have come from wealth some have come from not having a lot of stuff in their life some have come from other countries some have come from a family where they've grown up in a basketball or maybe in football but it's still like they kind of have a blueprint of how to reach level because they're mom or the dad's played pro sports or both even in some cases these guys that have never had anyone related to basketball like there's so many different places that guys come from and obviously I interview as many guys as I can doesn't mean I obviously interview just any basketball player out there like, so pretty much all these guys at the end of the day no matter what journey they're going through what's going on off the court for them they've come from all these backgrounds but at the end of the day they become elite high school recruits they become top players in college they become NBA players or pro players so it kind of shows that like, no matter what path you're in, no matter where you're at in life, there's always a way, especially if you're trusting God, like you're going to be able to find the path and get to a point. Now, each story is going to be different. That's what makes it special. And that's kind of where I come in and able to help hear these guys' stories. And some are crazier than others, but ultimately every background has shown that you can make it to whatever level as long as you have God behind you and you're obviously passionate and you can pursue it. Yes. I mean, that's huge. Um, being able to believe that no matter where you come from, if you stick down to it and have faith and believe, you're going to make it happen. Um, now, uh, let me ask you this. What, what have been your top three interviews you've had so far? Or like, what have been your top interviews so far on your episodes? You know, that's a kind of a tough thing because I think each person would look at that and say, well, what do you like the most? Obviously, I've done an NBA player. So we might go a guy like most Bates, obviously won a championship with the Golden State Warriors, played 10, maybe more than that. I'm not sure on top of my, off the top of my head how many years, but he obviously is a well-known NBA player. Got Travion Graham played with Brooklyn was a part of the Kevin Durant trade that got him. Obviously, he was traded for Kevin Durant that signed trade deal to get KD out to Brooklyn. He obviously had a great story about that. Um, Isaiah Cannon, backup point guard in the NBA for many years. Um, what kind of goes on? Like, I did a lot of NBA players I've interviewed. So if you're an NBA guy, obviously that's gonna probably be your favorite ones. If you're a college person, you probably would like either my high school recruiting commitment ones or of course the college players. And so from some big college players, you have like Buddy Bayheim. He obviously is Coach Bayheim's son. Had a great March Madness run. Expect to be one of the top players in the country this upcoming year. Zay Wong, Caleb Boone, like the list goes on. There's been a lot of guys that are some of the top guys in college basketball this upcoming year. Those are big. Um, then you go to high school. Obviously, people are big fans of high school basketball. So look at the top recruits. Guy like Evan Mobley. He obviously is now the number three pick in the draft this past year going to Cleveland. Heck of a player. I didn't him when he was in, in high school. Um, Paul Bankiro, he's obviously a top-ranked player. Debatably number one in the country this year in terms of freshmen. He's a big one. Like the list kind of goes on. So like, what kind of people do you guys like? That kind of depends on each situation. Do you yeah. like different stories? Like it kind of leaves it up to each person what you like more in terms of interviews. Mm-hmm. Now, if you haven't been able to interview all this um, basketball players, what would you say is maybe one or two 
uh, of the players who, who have had like the most inspirational stories on your show? You know, that's always, like, it's kind of crazy because like I said, so many guys had different stories. I think two of them that really just stand out to me, one of which is Nashawn Highlands. A lot of people know him obviously as Bones. He just got drafted to Denver and with their first round pick, special player. He has a crazy story. He grew up in Delaware. Not many players make it out of there, obviously. He had to survive a house fire, literally had to jump for his life. He lost some family members in that fire. Obviously, it's a whole long story. He went deep into that about 10, 15 minutes long. So people can go check that whole story. I don't want to cut corners on that whatnot. But he obviously, as I said, he's now just got drafted to the NBA. He's getting a multi-million dollar contract. And so he kind of came from that happening. And he obviously got hurt in that too, broke a lot of bones. He's gone through all that stuff to becoming a college star last year at VCU and going to the NBA and getting drafted first round. That story is obviously one you can't That's probably one of the better stories I could say in even basketball history. I know people already talk about that a lot in the NBA. Another one is going to be West Virginia starting point guard this year. Malik Curry, he lost his father when he was younger at a soccer tournament to gun violence. That's another huge thing, obviously. Like that, He's gone from a whole lot of trauma at a young age to going to taking his ask a unique route. He had to go through, didn't have many offers in high school. High school situation got bad. He didn't have credits. So he had to go JUCO at that point. Then he went to Old Dominion. Obviously, still Division One. Got school paid for. Awesome, but no one really knows exactly how big of a school it is. Not too big of a deal. Heck of a two-year run out there. Became one of the top transfer portal guys, and now starting for West Virginia in the Big Twelve this year. That's obviously a huge story as well. I mean, there's so many great ones though, but those are two of the most per se inspirational stories I've interviewed before and had on. Yes, yes. Now the last question for me is. Um, what would be what is what would you say is something you would tell to anyone out there uh young like a person who's trying to start their own podcast or trying to be able to do what you're doing that you would say advice you would give them that has helped you um that would help them if, when it comes to either networking or being able to stand out um to be able to do like inspire them to do a podcast or should they want to do i think that really is kind of this you gotta have to be focused on your craft like i said obviously you have to put the time in the work in and I think if you obviously start off in a situation where you are a foreign player and you know these top guys, like you played college with them, or you see NBA players starting podcasts now, like they are going to obviously have a little bit easier to start this up. Like they've known these players, they're friends with them, they can just hop on. Their friends are a little bit different than other people's friends. So JJ Redick, for example, he knows every NBA player. It's a little easier to get those guys on. Now, if you're starting off for pretty much nothing or nothing like I did, you have to kind of build your way up. Obviously, like I said I played with some guys, didn't weren't really close to them, so I didn't have like their phone numbers or whatnot, but kind of had an idea of who they were in terms of Arizona players. Yeah. You really just have to work your way up. I mean, I mentioned the Evan Mobley interview. That one I still was just get all the glory to God. I don't know how that one necessarily happened so early on in this process, but you pretty much look at all my first, pretty much all my interviews from number one to number 980, whatever I'm at right now, as I mentioned earlier. Each one of those kind of progressed to now, maybe even just the top, top recruits in the country, the the NBA players that's getting drafted, the top college guys, like you look at the very beginning, I said, as my brother, obviously I love him to death. He's only at middle school at that point in time though too. So he really wasn't in this recruiting process and mm-hmm. you kind of work your way up. And like I said, besides the MLB outlier in the very beginning, each one kind of gradually increased. The more you build a brand for yourself, the more you reach out to people. And I think the biggest way you do is you have to go through different DMs, possibly even show them. For me, I was showing up at basketball events, creating connections that way, kind of getting to know guys. And the more you get respect, I think, or, I really want to say the more credibility you get, the more kind of respect, like I said, people see your worth. People have an idea of what you're doing, how you do it, who you've done on, had on, like people become more open because a lot of players, they do want to do interviews. And that depends, obviously not going to do it with anybody and just everyone, but because NIL, being able to build a brand, guys want to typically do interviews at this point in time. So people are going to want to do it. So if you start off pretty low, not actually even low, but it's division one, lower players, 
and build your way up. And maybe you get lucky. Maybe God helps you out, gets you a big time player early on. But overall, he's going to put the right people. And you don't really want to start off with a top guy at one of the different levels. Like you want to be able to work your way up so that you can be at a level where you know you're confident in what you're doing. You know what you're doing when you get there. So it kind of just flows and you continue to build up. Yes, yes. Um, man, that is fantastic. What I'm hearing is consistency in your craft and also being able to be in front of players and being able to connect with them on, the, on a, like a deeper level, basically. Um, but because we've come towards the end of the show again, man. Zach, thank you for coming on this episode, man. It's just been, it's been fun having you on, being able to chat with you and kind of hear your story um, of how you started and how, what, how it's going now. Now, uh, we've come to this section where I, I call it Fast Five, but for the sake of time, I'm going to do Fast Three questions. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer on your feet. And then we're going to close the show. Are you ready? Yep, for sure. Awesome. So first question, top five, top five players, uh, basketball players for you. So I'll go NBA. Obviously, you got Kevin Durant. He's going to be my number one. Okay. I'll put Braun at number two. I still think, I know people like Giannis. I'm going to put Giannis at number three. Braun, I just got respect for him. I know he's a leader. He does a lot of different stuff. We'll see this year. Number four, I got I'll Steph Curry there for number four. Right. Five, I kind of always go back and forth. There's a lot of guys in that mix right there for your fifth spot. Harden's probably the most consistent one. Obviously, you got Kawhi Leonard at health. That's probably a scary one. I will probably say at health. I'll probably put Kawhi just barely edges out Harden right there. And B's in the running there. Luca. Like, there's a lot of guys, but so I have to go. Those first five I said that were probably my top five. Sweet. Um, what are the the top three top three songs in your head lately that you've been listening to? So I was gonna have to say Pop Smoke for that answer. He's my favorite rap artist. Obviously, rest in peace to him, but. Always going to have Pop Smoke no matter when it's going to be going on. He's going to always, not necessarily just one song either. I mean, I love, some of them are more favorites than others, but most part, I love just about every Pop Smoke song. So going to put him in there. And then just most recently, obviously, like Young Boy just dropped his album, listening to that. And I also love the song that Jay Cohen and um, Jordan Lucas just dropped. Sweet. Um, last question. One word that summarizes, that you think inspires you, that you think of whenever you think of what you do. I have to say just overall, my faith has been the biggest thing. Like, I know, obviously, there's, different, there's a lot of things that can inspire you. Like, you hear different stories, this, that, and the third. But end of the day, I'm not here without God. Obviously, he's the reason I'm here. So I think just listening to him and seeing how far I've come, it's only been about two years, not even that necessarily, of doing this whole working on this whole process, going through the podcast, interviewing, and just seeing where, like I said, a horrible interview to start this thing off to getting to this point now where I'm blessed to be able to interview top players at all different levels and kind of going through this process. So I think the biggest thing has been just inspiration of prayer, God leading me kind of going through the ups and downs because it's not always been highs. It's probably been, maybe I said, I can even say there's probably been more lows and highs, but ultimately just keep seeing the progress over time. And that's the biggest thing. Where does God want me next? Where is he going to bring me down? What does he want me doing right now in this interview and the future on and off the interviews, like just everything you do, like how does God keep getting me there? And he's ultimately the rock of it all. So just kind of giving glory to him and having him lead me each way. Awesome. Now, how can people get in contact with you and kind of check out your podcast and your show? How can they reach out to you? Yeah. So, I mean, you can obviously reach out to me on any social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I mean, TikTok, pretty much anything on there I can reach out. Obviously, each one has my email too, if you would prefer that way as well. But you can kind of go through shoes underscore S-T-H-U-Z underscore then. So that's pretty much how you can reach out to me. Awesome. Well, again, thank you again, Zach, for coming on the show. And for all the people watching from back home, if you're at home, if you're at your office, wherever you are, thank you for tuning in today. It's been another Fight Up KC episode. It's your host, Zeke Wangang. And you know what to do. Subscribe, like, share, and don't give up. Keep pushing, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye for now.